0: Welcome, everyone, to Stepping Into Your Leadership. I'm your host, Christine Courtney. Our goal here is to give you some actionable takeaways that will help you lead your teams. Thanks for joining us on this leadership journey. Let's get started. Hello, we're back with Erica Petrelli today to talk about some very actionable tips, things you can do simple to maybe grand, who knows what's going to come up, tips on things you can do to appreciate your staff members, your team members, your colleagues, your bosses, your spouses, your friends, your kids, whatever it is, we're going to talk about appreciation to motivate. If you want to know more about the big why behind appreciation and how it can have a positive impact on your bottom line, listen to the other episode that talks about that and you can find that in your feed. Okay, so... Let's jump into some actionable tips. I'm going to put Erica on the spot a little bit, but we know that from our last episode, how important this is to appreciate and how it can have a large impact for a small amount of money. What is one tip that you would have for people on something that you can do?
1: So many tips, Christine. And, and it's important. We had said this in the previous episode, which is it's important to remember that there's not a one size fits all approach. So what works for one person might not work for the next. And what worked last year might not work in five years. So that this is not an easy formula. I'll do A and then B and I'll always get C as the result so this really is how am i authentically in this moment thinking with this specific person or this specific team what is the best way that i can motivate them appreciate them show my gratitude for them so we'll run through a few tips but if you walk away and go oh if i do this one thing it's going to work and then you come back and say that didn't work this motivation thing is bogus no that just means that thing didn't work for that person. It
0: wasn't the right moment, you know? That's why we say that, that people leadership is a craft and an art. So what we hope to do on this specific, you know, kind of stepping into your leadership podcast is really talk about both the craft of it so that you can have the actionable things to practice and then the art of it, like the messy stuff, the stuff that gets hard, the stuff where you get in your own way or, you know, things trip you up. So, I think that's a really good reminder, but we are going to try to give you some things to practice. And if it doesn't work, try some more things. It's not about stopping. Absolutely.
1: So the, something that we ended with at our, in our previous episode was the simple reminder that if you think it, say it. So the first tip is your, oh my gosh, how often do we think a positive thing? of appreciation or gratitude about a fellow staff member whether it's our direct reports our colleagues or our supervisors how often do we think a positive thought but because it's a little unformed maybe not complete thought we don't say it or because we assume they know it to be true so we don't say it so our number one tip if you do nothing else start saying those thoughts out loud Because you have no idea how much those positive words can positively impact a person's belief in themselves and commitment to the task and engagement in the job. So if you think it, say it is the tip number one that we have to start with.
0: Okay. If you see something, say something. Okay.
1: (laughs) Another one, though, is something that we talk about a lot is customer service. And one of my favorite catchphrases in customer service is this idea of surprising and delighting our clients or our customers but what we forget to do is remember to treat our team members with the same extraordinary level of care as we treat our clients so it's that idea of we sometimes treat strangers better than we treat our loved ones you know our loved ones get the worst of us sometimes you know i can i can be i can be my worst because they love me so i can get away with more oh but the ups delivery man needs to get the best of me so The challenge here is to how would you treat your team if they were potential new clients who were going to bring new revenue into the organization? How would you speak to them? What kind of time and attention would you give to them? What might you do to surprise and delight them um, to make their day a little bit brighter? So tip number two is treat your staff like it's customer
0: service. Like your number one customer. Good point. I've I've got one on that too. So one of my tips, and we talk about this a lot, it may come up in other episodes, but we talk about this in some of our workshops with people. And it's amazing how it can have a transformational effect on teams is what we call the employee operational manual. So imagine like when my washing machine goes on the fritz and it shows like E1, E1, E1 blinking. And I'm like, what? And then I have to like, well, all the all the young people out there are like, easy, you just go on YouTube, right? And look up what E1 on a Samsung means or whatever. But what I have to do is search through my, or what I think I have to do is search through <laughs> for my old washing machine operation manual, user manual, and then look up, oh, what's E1? Oh, okay, try this. And ine- inevitably, it usually works if it's not too broken. And so what we worked with was creating something where our employees fill out just a quick little form and we say we do this for everybody and you whatever you don't want to answer you leave blank or whatever but it's going to be shared and it has questions like how do you like to be appreciated what's your relationship to deadlines when you're under stress what is helpful to you we also ask you know your leadership role model because we're a leadership development company. And that's interesting to us, right? But you can ask all sorts of questions. And and I really encourage teams and people to make up their own. Don't use ours because you have your own culture. You have your own things that are important to you. It could be, you know, I was talking to somebody last night at an event and he said, they ask, what's your favorite Dungeons and Dragons character? You know, because that's part of their kind of culture and who the people are that work there. So whatever that is, you know, you put that in and then it allows you to look at that every once in a while when you're struggling or when you think somebody needs something instead of just going up and guessing, how do I give this person appreciation? Because we generally follow the golden rule, which is whatever I like to do. I do for others, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But the platinum rule is really doing unto them how they would like it to be done. And so this employee operational manual we found does that. So one of the things, and I think I've said this before in in another episode, but you know, with Erica in particular, I think about it all the time because one of the things that she put down probably 10 years ago was that she likes to uh, get information first in an email rather than it just being sprung on her and... That is not the way I generally work. I generally like think through things as I talk, and I would spring things on her all the time in our in our one on ones. And when her and I were struggling at one point in our work relationship, and things weren't happening, and the way I had my own story in my head about it, and I'm sure she did too, I went. I happened to be doing a workshop on these employee operational manuals, and so I pulled out ours, and it happened. You know, the Fates of the Gods opened to her page, and therefore it said, you know that she likes to have information this way. And I went, oh my God, in our whole time of working together, I don't think I've ever given her information in this way. So it's one thing to say, well, I can't change who I am and who I work, but I can change sometimes and I can meet her where she's at sometimes. And so I ended up sitting down and writing out a whole email and it was really long and lots of stuff and it was really hard for me to do, Um, but not that hard. Come on. Right. But I did it. And then she wrote back immediately. Oh my God, you're speaking my love language. She actually used those words. And we had been really struggling for about a month or so, maybe even a few months then And I was like, oh my God, like we've just, this simple thing has allowed us to like open up a little bit and spread, you know, the window and the curtain and like, you know, open up our relationship. And then all of a sudden she was like, I get it. I understand what you want. Okay. And then we could meet and talk about it. And she felt, you know, well, you can say how you felt, but that, that's how I perceived it, that it was, you know, it kind of opened up things. So. Well,
1: the operational manual is a hugely beneficial tip and including things like you mentioned of how do I like to be communicated to? What's my most productive time of day? Because just like you said, we default to assume that because I am this way, others are too because I like this, others do too. So even helpful to have on those user manuals are, you know, what's your favorite dessert? What's your favorite morning pick-me-up drink? Uh, what kind of books or podcasts do you listen to or read? Because you said in your last example about our exchange that you finally tapped into my love language and love languages is a really important tip to bring up when we talk about ways to motivate and appreciate. So for anyone that has somehow Missed hearing about love languages. I mean, I think he wrote the first book back in the early 90s. Gary Chapman, love languages meant for romantic relationships, right? There's five love languages. And the idea is that all of us might appreciate all, but like maybe some are more important than others. So the five are acts of service, quality time, gifts, physical touch, and words of affirmation.
0: Did you get service? In yeah. Acts of acts service? service,
1: quality yeah. time. I had to write it down to, for, to remember. Acts <laughs> of service, quality time, words of affirmation, receiving gifts, gifts, and physical touch. So Gary Chapman wrote this, like, in your romantic relationship, if you understand that your partner really needs words of affirmation and you don't care about ever saying, honey, sweetheart, then there's going to be a problem. And so why don't you tune in to what they want? And then it took until the early 2000s for him to partner up with a psychologist and write the very obvious next book, which is Love Languages in the Workplace, because it's the same. I mean, the actual act of service or physical touch or words of affirmation might look different depending on the type of relationship you have. It's still a relationship truth that what makes me feel seen and loved may or may not be the same. I'm sure that he, I'm sure the
0: physical touch in the workplace is different. Caution, caution. Caution, yeah. I just make sure that is not what we're talking about here. Having said
1: that, like I might need you to like physically pat me on the shoulder. If I'm a physical touch person to have my coworker or boss pat me on the shoulder, but that comes with a big red box of warning, consent, ask first, you know. (laughs) I made that that mistake early in my career, honestly, Christine, with one of our part time staff members. I'm a hugger. I'm a very effusive person. And I bounded up to them one day at the start of a staff meeting and like launched in for a hug. And I did not know him personally. But in my mind, up until that moment, I was like, well, who doesn't love a hello hug? Well, he did not like a hello hug. And it was really clear in that moment to say, and he talked about great effective communication was like, Erica, one thing that is very important to me is that I'm not much of a hugger for people that I don't have, you know, very specific relationships with. So I'm more of a handshake guy in the workplace. That was a great boundary setting moment. So in a good example of love languages, if, if mine is hugs for all, that doesn't mean hugs for all is what everyone's is, but love languages. Because so similarly, we think sometimes we fall short in our motivation, we actually backfire, we don't fall short we backfire when we offer motivation in the way that motivates us only. So that could be as I think I'm doing a really good thing, because I bring everyone Starbucks coffees before the staff meeting. but. You know, this person doesn't drink caffeine. This tr- person hates coffee. That person, you know, ha- is morally opposed to Starbucks, whatever. But I show up to the meeting because I love a Starbucks. I have not motivated a single person. I've only demonstrated the ways in which I do not know my team. Mm. Same with like if I'm going to distribute the latest leadership book that I'm reading to everyone, being like, I can't wait to hear what you think about it. But this person only listens to podcasts. That person, you know, whatever it is, it's the, same, it's the same thing. If I offer the love that I love, it may backfire because it may not motivate them and demonstrate that I haven't
0: taken any time to get to know their actual love languages. Some people out there are listening to this going, oh, great, I'm not doing anything then right? So don't think that. I I feel that defense come up sometimes too of like, oh my God, if it has to be this, you know, researched, I, I can't possibly do it. I'm too busy. So just know that this is just one of the tips and there's many, and we will put our one example of our employee operational manual in the liner notes. So you can get it on our website if you want to take a look at it, but really make it your own is what she's saying. If you don't need to do it, we'll get on to the next tip and you can try one of these other things.
1: And, right? and it is, it is, it can be daunting. And, and again, with this, it can be like, if your first thing goes wrong, you're going to be like, throw your hands up and say, why do I even bother? I thought this was a waste of my time anyway. But the message is, if I even try to turn my attention towards this person or towards this team, if I even try for one minute to think what might they want, or what might motivate them, as opposed to just putting up an employee of the month poster and calling it motivation. Like if I just pause and think I'm going to be doing better than I was before. So just like everything that we talk about, this is a process. There's no perfect. There's just continual effort and intentional try. All right. What's your next try? Well, so the next try is one thing that we do at leadership that I really appreciate that I think is a good tip for motivation is, especially if you're listening and you are the boss to remember that appreciation goes in all directions, that it's not only on you to appreciate your staff. So one thing that we have at Leadership is what we call hardcore awards, linked directly to our core values. So it's a hardcore because it's core values, but the best part about it is that it's catching our fellow team members uh, embodying our core values in some specific way, but it's encouraged that we all look at each other So that we're all highlighting moments of greatness that we see in each other peer to peer. So it's not to say that a supervisor might not highlight a moment of greatness they see from their direct report, but that the, the real power and strength in it comes when one of my peers that doesn't report to me that I don't report to. So there's no sort of obligatory feeling, right? This is a peer who noticed me doing something and then Said said it out loud again. So think. So the tip is think about how to create opportunities for peer-to-peer recognition, whether it's in staff meetings, we call them hardcore, but in your staff meetings, it just might be shout-out, you know, shout-outs of greatness. You can call it whatever you want, but an opportunity for colleagues to recognize colleagues out loud is really important.
0: The onus isn't on the boss. Great. I love it. And super important to allow that because high performers generally like to be acknowledged by their teammates more than their bosses even. So that's a that's a great tip. All right. So let's keep going. I've got one. Okay, um, One, I, I call it up the chain, but basically a lot of times I've found it to be really valuable when I get, sometimes in my position, I'll get an email from somebody that maybe reports to me or so forth that they're bragging or complimenting the person that reports to them Mm. to me and they CC them. So they'll say, Hey, Christine, I just wanted you to know that Jared, whatever is doing a great job. He did this recently at this big project that we had, the client had this effect. This is the feedback I got. And I just wanted you to know how much impact Jared's having. And then Jared sees me on that right? So someone is then being an advocate for him all the way up. And that seems to have a really positive effect all over in that organization. You see that your boss is standing up for you, speaking out for you, that I can now, when I see Jared, who I may not have any relationship with or any way that that our jobs interact. Now, when I see him, I'm like, hey, what a great email. Like, good job, buddy. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, he now knows like, oh, what I'm doing is not in a vacuum that nobody sees that it can go up the ladder. That is such a great tip because you and
1: Greg, I think, talked about psychological safety previously. and, And this idea of inclusion is the first stage of psychological safety, right? I have to feel like I belong. In order to feel truly psychologically safe, the very first way to feel safe is that I'm a part of this team. I'm not excluded from the team. And I need to feel that to be able to move on to those other levels of psychological safety of being a learner and open to feedback and being a contributor and being a challenger. There's no way I'm going to be able to be comfortable contributing if I'm not sure if I even belong at the table to begin with. Great. So your example of like that is a public way to say, you are a part of this team. And we all see it, even if we don't see it directly. So, yeah, I love it. Similarly, there's another one that I've seen done at our organization and others. It's the same kind of idea that the boss, it's not all on the boss. So people that are in leadership roles oftentimes take on a, a burden of responsibility that is unnecessary and also in some ways, misses out on the chance to highlight other people, other people's voices, and in this case other people's leadership. So this idea of rotating leadership roles in staff meetings, for example, rotating leadership roles in trainings so that the the CEO or the project manager doesn't feel like, "Oh, we've got another full team meeting, so therefore I have to do all the work to lead the meeting, to set the agenda, to push the thing forward." Um something that is a great display of respect which is an act of motivation, is to rotate that leadership position so that different members at different levels in the organization can take turns setting that agenda, running that meeting. So giving those spaces that are relatively low stakes and safe for people to step into their leadership is a really outstanding way to motivate and show your appreciation for their voice in the
0: room. Yeah. Even if it starts with a small piece of it, yeah. right? It doesn't have to be the whole agenda. It can be a small piece of it. Great. Another one I have is send something home. So if you want to write a card to the person, instead of leaving it on their desk, look up their home address and send it home for two reasons. One is that it's a surprise. So the point of Erica saying surprise and delight, your staff, right? So first of all, they're just not used to getting, where no one's used to getting mail anymore, right? So if you hand wrote something and you put it in the mail, that's one is a surprise in itself that it's not a bill or a, a flyer or something, right? So you get this thing at home, but also whoever lives with them at home, most likely sees it. So then you have the girlfriend of the boyfriend, the spouse or the roommate see it and go, what was that? Right. And then they know like, oh, my boss, my boss sent me this. Thank you. And so now you get to, to share that with that person at home that you love. And then they get to hear About you, And then that adds to the gratitude that adds to the appreciation that adds to the love. So it's, it takes a little bit more effort, but I know somebody who taught me this said, have a stack of note cards on your desk and some stamps at the ready, and you can even pre-address them for the year. So you can go through and just pre-address them so that you have one for everybody, not the card, but the, the envelope. And then you go through and go, okay, I'm going to do one each Friday or whatever. And then you just write one. And it's the last thing you do at the end of the day and go through go, who can I sincerely write something specific about and put it? in the mail. And then you'll also know by the ones you have left, who you haven't done it for, right? So they're sitting there for you. So you have to come up with ways because we're so busy. It's not like we don't do these things because we don't want to. Sometimes we're so busy. So you have to come up with some tricks, some little tips to make it easier on yourself to do that. And people don't. Have to know that you do that. And even if they do, they don't care. It's still nice. uh, It's still nice, right? So send something home if you can. What's one more? Well, hang on.
1: We can't leave this one yet because it's so funny. So literally, Just this morning, I was trying to hunt down the home address of one of our fellow staff members because they have something upcoming and I want to send a little something, but I don't want to ask them directly for their address. And over the years, it's changed and shifted. So, but trying to, I asked a person that I thought might have a current address and that staff member was just baffled. First, they just sent me a list of our staff and I was like, no, no, I need addresses. And they were like, wait, home addresses? Yes. I'm trying to do this nice thing. It's so, it is so rare to your point that we collide the worlds in this way to say, I want to honor you. And I want anyone, anyone around to know that I honor you. The other thing, this is just a, oh, you, that's so curious. The stack of pre-addressed envelopes, if there's one that you just can't seem to send that's a whole nother podcast conversation or maybe go back and listen to the difficult conversations one or an effective communication one because there's clues in what are the ones that are easy to send and what are the ones that you have to work a little harder and what's going on there it's like a, a little nugget of something is going on here and maybe i can dig into what that is that why this is the last card standing so anyway great that's deeper than it seems that tip you know yes well when you said the, the sending card home, one thing, I hate the phrase work-life balance because it's so dismissive to me of both. It, it implies that your work is not a part of your life. You referenced this earlier. It implies that somehow work is the thing that you do outside of your life, which is very disrespectful of you at work because your work is a huge part of your life. I mean, how many hours do we spend in our lifetime at work? So this idea of full life balance as opposed to work-life balance, meaning if we look at what are oftentimes categorized as priority pies or life wheels, there's a lot of different segments in our life wheel. Work is one of the segments, but it's a part of many other segments of our lives that are valuable to us and make up the tapestry of our lives. So when we think about how can we appreciate each other at work in the workspace, It's appreciating and honoring the full wheel of life. So that can show up in a lot of different ways. One way that it can show up is if you know that you have a person who's a parent who has a child in an after-school sporting event that's important to them, to know that that's not the time to schedule a staff meeting because for them to be able to go to their child's sporting event, if you can help it. Now, there are certain things in certain industries that are outside of our control in terms of when things are scheduled or when deadlines happen. But sometimes we schedule thoughtlessly because we're just not thinking of the full picture or the full wheel in people's lives. So what I can do to appreciate my staff is to the best of my ability, know some of the other cogs in their wheel and be respectful around those things where I can.
0: Sounds like another good question for our employee operational manual, now that you say that. Yeah, good one.
1: Yeah. What are the other priorities in your life? What are the other hobbies that you have? Maybe somebody has a gym that they have a class that they like to attend that's at X time you know, every Tuesday. If I know that, I'm going to try to honor that time that's really important to them. Because the things that we do outside of the time we spend at work, if we're robust and we're balanced in those things, we show up better at work. So if, if I'm your boss and I'm not honoring or allowing space for any of those other things outside of the work time, I'm actually making you a less effective employee for me, as opposed to honoring the time to go to the gym, to go to the family reunion, to get to your kid's soccer game, whatever it might be. Again, I know it's we don't live in idyllic utopia where there's time for all the things, but a lot of times we just, we don't tend to those things and we could very easily with some scheduling adjustments and such,
0: you know? All right, my last tip is how you end a meeting. So if you have a meeting with folks, try doing this where you at the very end of the meeting, just share one gratitude. And it oftentimes will probably be, look guys, it's been a tough year. (laughs) Lord knows you've heard me say this. It's been a tough year, but I couldn't be more grateful for working with each one of you because it makes showing up here every day worth it. And it drives me to keep performing and problem solving and figuring out how to get over our next hurdle, right? So you just leave a moment of gratitude. It it has a positive effect on your own mental health, but it also does on your team. And it shouldn't be just like, You know, you have to take a moment to think about it before you start, but it's a habit. And even at your own dinner tables, you can do it. Even when I had kids in middle school, which seemed to be to be the hardest time for our family in feeling any sort of gratitude. Right. We started this gratitude jar. I probably read about it somewhere at the time. Right. And instead of saying our gratitudes out loud because there is nothing that a middle schooler wants to do to share with their parents, something that they're grateful for. Right. And, or at least mine, mine weren't doing it, but I still wanted to get this effect. And so you can do this in your meetings too, or at your own dinner table is we have this jar that shut and no one really went in it. And you have this slips of paper, each that were next to it with a pen. And you just had to write down one thing you were grateful for, fold it up and put it in that jar. And then I told them that, you know, at the end of the year, we'd read some of those, you know, we still have that jar and we every once in a while open one, but my kids are just now getting to the age where they can stomach hearing uh, what they wrote and that they thought it was, they think it's sweet now that they're, you know, at the end of their, you know, end of high school and college life. But when at the time they at least writing it down on that piece of paper made them feel something. So you could even have your folks do that if it's really tough times or you feel like it maybe they're in a place where they can't be that vulnerable just writing it down and putting it away and then some some other day reading those out when it is comfortable could be valuable beautiful
1: that's a perfect that's a perfect final tip because again when we talk about motivation and appreciation it's authentically seeing and speaking out loud what we see and value in each other and so having that as a practice at the end of your meetings is a, is a beautiful way to continue that connectivity
0: in your team that costs nothing. Well, you know, that's what I love about all these tips. None of them cost anything. There's plenty of things you can do. You can bring in people to do team buildings like we do. You can take them out on the boat to circle around Manhattan or, you know, go paintballing, whatever you do that your staff likes to do. But those things cost money, which they're great too if you have the budget. But all the tips that we shared today don't really cost you anything. It just costs you some time and some energy, but it will pay back to you tenfold. It's the best ROI you're ever going to get. So I, in your words, Erica, I'm encouraging all of us to look for authentic, intentional connection, not just when it comes up or when you naturally are moved to do something. Try to make it more intentional and see what starts to change in your life and in your workplaces. So thank you, Erica, for joining us today. And we'll, I'm sure, have you back here again very soon for another important topic on stepping into your leadership. I want to thank everybody for listening, for being here. And if you're interested in this topic and you want some more ideas, we have a Motivating Your Staff Toolkit that Erica has worked very hard on over the years that's an amazing resource You know, we give to all of our managers. We probably need to do it again, but somewhere along the line we have. Anyway, there's a motivating your staff toolkit that you can download if you want. So check out the description in the episode. It will have all of the links down there for you in the liner notes to check out. So look for that. And if you have any thoughts or questions or ideas for us, please send them back. And maybe we'll put them on a future episode where we delve into this because really this This topic of gratitude and appreciation is deep and there are so many ideas and so many tips that we haven't even got to yet. And you guys out there will have many more for us. So we look forward to learning from you as well. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'd like to give a special shout out to our podcast producer, Richard Francisco. Check out our notes for any details. And if you get anything out of this, please follow us. And if you enjoy it, please take a moment to rate us or write a comment. It will mean the world to us. We'd love to hear from you. And if you just can't get enough, follow me on TikTok and check out TLPNYC.com slash podcast for more information.